Welcome to the original and the best Power Hour with Alex Burr and Dylan Hughes, members and podcast of the Running Hook Podcast Network. Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Running Hooks Basketball Power Hour. JD, no Kurt, I'm with my host, JD Hall. I'm Alex Burr, and I'm a little under the weather, so if I make some slip-ups today, I apologize. Not trying to be perfect here, just trying to get on base, JD, trying to take a walk. How are we doing today? Man, I, I, I'm feeling good, just a little exhausted, man, this Teaching is different. <laughs> Man, doing the Lord's work with teaching. We're recording this about 15 minutes before tip-off of Game 4 of Mavericks Warriors. We obviously will definitely finish before that is over. We did have some awards that were announced. All-NBA was literally just announced about 15 minutes ago. But we're going to start with the all-defense teams. So the first team was Giannis Attendacumbo, Mikhail Bridges, Rudy Gobert, Jaron Jackson Jr. and Marcus Smart. Second team was Bam Adebayo, Draymond Green, Drew Holiday, Matisse Teibel, and Robert Williams. JD, how did you view the all-defense teams? Um, Personally, gotta say it, a little upset. Honestly, was. I thought um, I, I, I just didn't like the Rudy Gobert on there. <laughs> I, I didn't like it. I had Thibault on the first team as well, but you know that kind of got screwed with uh because I had Smart on the second team. He ended up being defensive player of the year. I didn't have Giannis on the first team either. But I mean, everybody that made it, they deserve it. I just didn't have them where they got selected at, to say the least. I'm going to go on a little bit of a rant here. I feel like defense is the one thing NBA media knows nothing about. Right. And I'm not going to sit here. I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm, you know, who's a, I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm Frank Vogel. Right. I'm not going to act like I can diagnose every defensive issue, but sometimes you like, you can't just coast off of the guy's reputation. Right. I don't think Draymond played enough games to make an all defensive team this year. He only played like 48 games. The he Jazz, was the best defensive player in the league, though, at he, that time. But, I mean, if you don't play like 65% of the season at the very least, like that's bad. Bam, you know, is fine. He missed 25 games. Rudy missed a good amount of time. That's another thing. You and I both didn't have Rudy on there. I thought Rudy was really good, but the Jazz's defense wasn't anywhere near where it used to be in the regular season. And... I think they just put down Rudy Gobert because that's the guy they're always like, oh, this guy's always great on defense. And he usually is, but I feel like that's a reputation pick. Jerry and Jackson and Mikhail Bridges and Smart were all very good picks for the first team, right? I don't dispute any of those. Giannis, also his team's defense wasn't very good. And I know we're picking individual players for team defense awards, but you have to consider the defensive product as a whole and yeah 
Giannis probably is one of the best defensive players in basketball, but this year he wasn't during the regular season. This is a regular season award. I just feel like JD, no one in the media understands defense or the concept of, Oh, Hey, this team is getting smoked without Brooke Lopez. Maybe he's just as important to the bucks as Giannis is. Yeah. I I don't, I, I agree with you. I think at this point, it is like it's kind of hard to take any anything serious that come from them nowadays. Like I don't I don't take no award serious that they do anymore. I, I really just don't. And it's it's hard to because I, I I feel like every award is inconsistent and it Oh, excuse me. It's based off of favorites versus who's actually doing what. If the media didn't push for Phoenix to get more coverage this year, I guarantee you Bridges wouldn't have been on there. For sure. Yeah, and I mean, I think Bridges, you know, I had him as my deep defensive player of the year. So obviously I thought very highly of him. But I think your point's also true. Like, Phoenix was the media darling this year. They did get a lot more attention this year. Although I do think Golden State in the beginning portion of the season got a lot of that coverage. And as we're seeing now, it was well worth it. But I don't know. It just feels like they don't understand what they're watching. Or they just don't watch. Everyone watches offense, right? (laughs) No one's like, oh, wow, that guy was late to rotate. So, you know, who's a like... So Daniel Tice was wide open in the corner for three, right? Like no, not a whole lot of media knows that stuff. And I feel like, I don't know. I feels like these ones should be taken out of the media's hands, but what's the better solution to not have the award? I mean, it's just tough. I don't know what the solution would be, but in the interest of time, let's go ahead and move on to the all rookie team. So the first team was Scotty Barnes, Cade Cunningham, Evan Mobley, Jalen Green and Franz Wagner. Second team was Io DeSumo, Chris Duarte, Josh Giddy, Bones Highland, and Herb Jones. JD, any issues with the all rookie team or how do you like that? How'd you like that team? I liked it. I felt it was it was real solid. Um I really couldn't complain much about it because there was so many young guys to choose from, uh, honestly. So I, I really couldn't be upset about it at all. The way I took it was all these young guys really deserved it. I mean, you probably could have argued um, more for like we did before about um, rookie of the year. That's how many of these guys were that good. Totally. I thought there were six guys in contention for the five spots. I thought the five that got it all, I actually had those five as my first team. And then Herb Jones. And I mean, we saw what we what he did against Phoenix Shady. That man was a menace on defense. Honestly, he probably should have made an all-defense team. He was that good on that end. And I thought they got it right. Um, I didn't have Duarte on my all-rookie second team. I think I had Kuminga instead. But Duarte was pretty good in his minutes as a pacer. It felt like he was hurt the whole year. But... I think he played enough games to warrant consideration. And yeah, I think they're all deserving choices. Now, the big one, JD, 
all NBA teams announced about 20 minutes ago. So let's start with the first team. So the first team was Den- was Devin Booker and Luka Doncic at the guard spots, Jokic at center, and then Giannis at Tatum at the forward spot. Second team, Joel Embiid at the center, Ja and Steph Curry at the guards, and then Katie and Damar at the forwards. Third team, Chris Paul and Trey Young at the guards, Pascal Siakam and LeBron James at the forwards, Carl Anthony Towns at the centers. Um, JD, you and I were talking about this beforehand. You have a lot of issues with the all NBA team. Go ahead and spell it out. Um, it was complete another bullshit. I don't know another way to say it. I don't know a nice way to say it. But let me just say this. If we're going to give two teams in the t- the top seed in the West, two guys, we won't do the same in the East. We, we, we literally just forget it's two conferences there. Okay. How about giving them one player? They don't deserve one player. Okay. Now let's look at these guard spots. Okay. If the team in the East don't deserve it, so you telling me in this whole first team, you telling me it deserved to be Devin Booker in that first team? But what will we say? Oh, his team had the first seat. If it don't apply to these, we're not applying it to the West. Now, take Devin Book ass out of there and put John Moran in there. John Morant had a better season, and that's just point blank, period. John Morant was the better guard. Now, another thing. Giannis qualifies to be a Ford, right? They didn't mm-hmm. they didn't do one center for each team. He he qualified to be a four, right? Mm-hmm. And Jokic and the B qualified to be fours. How the hell is Jason Tatum over it over Joel and B? How? Well, it's crazy. I'm looking at the NBA.com article for it now, JD. And Joel Embiid had more points for all NBA first team than Tatum did. But I'm assuming since most of the people voted him as a center, that he got put on as a center. The way they do this voting is really dumb because you could have a guy that has more votes more total votes than another guy, right? Like I think last year, Chris Middleton was getting votes at guard and forward and he didn't make all NBA because he was getting votes at both spots. And that's kind of a situation like this here where Joel Embiid had more votes than Jason Tatum, but it didn't matter because all the votes were at center. So he got put at center. Man, look here. The way I see it, if we're not doing the top five best that season, then we don't need to do it. We just don't. Because, to be honest, in a time like this, the top guys were all bigs. The top three were all bigs. It wasn't, how do MB finish 
number two in MVP votes. So we put him on second team. We put him on second team. It's bullshit. John Morant finished top five ahead of Devin Booker. Crazy. It's absolutely crazy. I don't know how to justify it. I mean, I did have, I'll say I had Booker over job, but that was more JD. You knew my games played thing better player. Absolutely. It's John Morant. I won't grant. I will grant that, but you know, for my first team, I liked, I'm picky about games played. Although I did change my mind about how I voted the first time. If I could go back and change one thing about my all NBA team, I definitely would have had Joel L in that forward spot because you're right. He was one of the five best players in the NBA this year. And for better or worse, these five guys, Giannis and Jokic were two of the five best. But Luka probably wasn't one of the five best. You know, KD missed a lot of time, so it's understandable that he made the second team. Mm-hmm. But it was still, he's one of the five best guys this season, not, you know, <laughs> not Tatum, right? So yeah. I I understand where you're coming from completely. I think they need to redo this system and they probably should just eliminate all positions at this point. And yeah. And one last thing we knew they had to put LeBron on that. Yeah. And it's only cause he averaged 30. It, it didn't have nothing to do with nothing else. The guy that his team didn't even make the play. If you look at everybody else on this damn thing, they at least made the play in. And we left the number one seed in the East without anybody. I'm 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 done with the voting. I don't even want to talk about it. I'm done. I'm gonna let I'm gonna let you say what you guys say, and I'm done with it. Maybe. No, you're the LeBron thing is a travesty, and he got he got two first team votes. Two people voted for him first team All NBA. He got 35 second team votes. I'm sorry. LeBron sucked this year. Yeah, he averaged 30 points a game. <laughs> Saying he sucked is strong. I'll, I'll come out and say that. But he's not the same guy. There's He's elite at two things at this point. He's elite at scoring and he's elite at passing. This isn't the guy who is going to chase down, block you to death. This isn't the guy who's going to, you know, shut down your Derrick Roses. He's not going to shut down. He's not shutting down Darius Garland. He's not shutting down Fred Van Vliet. He can't guard those guys anymore. And it's okay. He's 38 years old. It's at some point we have to stop having that expectation. But at the same time, I think that NBA, to go back to what I was saying about the all defense teams before, voters have their biases. And of course, they're going to be biased towards one of the greatest players of all time, right? It stands to reason. But it doesn't mean that should be the case. And Jimmy Butler was frankly, they played the same amount of games. He was better on defense. He was probably as good of a distributor. Obviously the only thing LeBron had on Jimmy this year was scoring. That was the only thing he had on Jimmy. And the fact I was looking at the votes, LeBron had way more votes than Jimmy had. Jimmy only got like 42 votes or not even that much. Cause you know, they weigh first, second and third team votes. But Jimmy only got like 30 some votes 
LeBron was on almost every ballot. That should not have been the case. The Lakers fucking suck this year. They don't deserve shit. <laughs> and I'm not going to apologize for saying that. They were the, I mean, JD, the Lakers were a train wreck the whole year. And yeah, Anthony Davis missed time, but LeBron missed, LeBron missed almost 30 games too. He didn't even win the scoring title. He would have won the scoring title if he just played the last two games. He didn't even feel like doing that. And if you don't feel like doing that, you don't deserve to make all NBA point blank. Any other LeBron thoughts, JD, before we move on? Nope. Absolutely nope. not. <laughs> okay. I, feel like they, they both... I would not let them take much from me anymore. <laughs> JD, one day you're going to get a vote and then you're going to change the system from within. I believe we're going to get votes. They're going <laughs> to give us both votes. Yeah, we should have had on this year. I mean, we're probably more knowledgeable about basketball league than some of the other people that are voting on the award, but that is neither here nor there. JD, I think it is time for us to talk about the series. Um, I don't feel like anything we say about Golden State Dallas will be outdated by the time this comes out because Golden State's up. Th- Do you want to start there? Do you want to just start with Golden yeah, State that's, Dallas? Yeah, that's fine. Okay, so yeah, Golden State Dallas, Golden State's up 3-0. They won game one, (laughs) 112-87. They won game two, 126-117. And then they won game three, 109-100. Those two games both had big Mavericks leads, the last two, and the Warriors just whittled it away, and then eventually they came back and took the lead and won the game. J.D., just like right off the rip, who, not who, why are the Warriors just look so much better than Dallas? Dallas looked really good against Phoenix last round, and it hasn't looked like it's made like an iota of difference. Uh, one reason being they superstars playing as teammates. Luca has been very selfish. Luca has been very selfish. He's trying to play hero ball. It's one thing when they go up, they all involved. The next thing you know, Luca took the last seven shots. You won't beat the Warriors that way. We seen James Harden try that same thing in different ways, different times, different styles. But it all came down to it being James Harden versus the Warriors. Luka Doncic is no different. That's why he got he got put out by um the Clippers two years in a row. All it takes is for a team to understand he's trying to play hero ball. Beat me while it's you versus us. And he will lose every time. The reason why they beat Utah, Luka sat down. And Dallas played as a team together. When he came back, it just was icing on the cake. He didn't even have his legs back yet. When they went against Phoenix, Luka played with his teammates. Jalen Bronson looked like a bully. Kleber stretched the floor. Then when you play that one-on-one game, you already got your players lined up and threats. Now you can go be you. He's not doing that. He's not doing it. 
he want to put up 20 in the first quarter. He want to put up 30 by the half. Okay, do that. Boy, it's going to happen when that defense <laughs> tightens up in the second half. What you going to do then? Luke and I delivering. Golden State guys are. Andrew Wiggins, you can argue him and Looney been the best two players this series. That's how great Golden State has been playing as a team. And Steph is still being Steph. Actually, to a lesser degree, because he understands the guys that surround him. Klay Thompson haven't even been on fire. Jordan Poole haven't had a great series. But you know who has? The other guys. And that's what wins games. Your superstars got to be superstars, but your role players got to step up and be part of that process. Luca's not allowing his. That's a really good point. And I think I saw something, JD, where it said Luca, the Mavs are two and six when Luca has 40 points in the playoffs. And that should never be the case, but going to game three, right? That game was done after the third quarter. And it was done, done after Wiggins yammed on Luca, one of the nastiest dunks. And Jeez. it was a terrible callback. It was a terrible call, but at least they challenged and won that. So that way we can, you know, God, Mark, like JD, in a ter- sea of terrible referees, Mark Davis is the worst. And that's saying something. When you have Scott Foster, Kane Fitzgerald, you know, so much other competition, Zach Zarba to be the worst ref. You like to be the worst ref in the sea of those referees. That's saying to them, but Mark Davis, man, he is not good. <laughs> this refereeing stuff. But oh, I think that something like the Warriors are playing team ball, and that's how they've been playing for the last. That's how they've been playing since Steve Kerr got there. And they move without the ball, right? Like Dallas just simply can't do. I don't think Dallas is playing bad defense, right? I think their defense has actually been pretty good. It's just there's no margin for error against Golden State because there's always going to be somebody open. Always. And I feel like the Warriors have shown a lot of their collective IQ in this series. 85 assists compared to... See, how many made field goals? 85 assists on 130 made field goals. It's a pretty good percentage, JD, for the series so far. And... Looney is doing great passing. Draymond obviously is a great passer. Clay is finding cutters. Poole is finding cutters. Everyone's passing on this team. No one's holding the ball and being selfish with it. And I think that's huge. I think Steph, I'll say this, JD, Steph isn't, he is shooting 48% from three in this series, but he is not shooting as many as he usually does. Exactly. He, he is being trapped and he is taking advantage of those traps and he's driving into hard into the paint. I think this has been Steph's best playoff strictly in terms of inside the arc. He is taking the mid ranges that the defense is giving to him. and He's going hard to the basket. He's not shooting every time, but you know what, JD, you know what going hard to the basket does? It draws in the defense. And, you know, a guy like Steph, who's already going to be blowing by two guys on the perimeter. That means there's like a what? <laughs> A five on three. So someone's always bound to be open. And I think Steph, JD, I think the reason why Steph is, I think Steph is very clearly the best player left in the playoffs. And the reason why I think that is because he's doing so much 
while not doing what he usually does. He is willing to be like, okay, I don't need to score 35 points a game to win this series because they're giving me and my teammates so many open looks. I completely agree. And the thing is, since Steve Kerr been there, they always finish top five in assists. They always finish top five in assists. They going to share the ball. But then, as you just stated, when your best player is that unselfish, which Golden State never has a problem getting from their top guys, it makes them that much better. And the funniest thing is, with the snipers that they got, they not shooting that well from the three, and they not shooting as many threes. But you know what makes up for it? Plan together. Plan together. Those extra passes will make up those threes just because they working even harder to guarantee that they don't need to settle. They going to work even harder on the defensive end just so they can push a break. Now we don't got to settle for what we can get. We get in what we want. And you, you can't ask for nothing more. Exactly. And plus, plus Wiggins, I think the most underrated part of Wiggins, and this is something, this is not a shot at Harrison Barnes, but you saw their weakness when Harrison Barnes was in the Wiggins role was that Wiggins is hitting the glass hard, right? The offensive glass in particular, three offensive rebounds a game so far in the series or before tonight. And Looney has shipped in 11 offensive boards. So that means between the two of them, they're generating roughly about seven extra chances a game. That's a lot. It's not even including the tip outs. <laughs> exactly. So when you have those and your margin for error is so thin on defense, that just is makes your problem so much worse. And like I said, I think Dallas, I think Jason Kidd has done a great job of these playoffs. But at the end of the day, you don't have a rim to turn inside. And so they're just going to march to the rim every single time. Maxi Kleba, like, I think this is what the Suns didn't take advantage of. The Suns didn't take advantage of the fact that the Mavericks have no size on the inside, right? Devin Booker doesn't like to go all the way to the rim. He likes to stop at the elbow and fire. Chris Paul, yeah, same man, thing. Chris. Yeah, exactly. They don't have a guy that likes going to the rim like that. And... I think the Warriors are smart enough and have a high enough IQ as a team. Not saying that the Suns didn't have high IQ, but they're pretty stuck in their ways. And the Warriors are so smart that they're going to take what the defense is giving them. And the defense, through no fault of its own, is giving them a lot of layups because Maxi Kleba just isn't that guy at the rim. <laughs> yeah. And, and it, 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 you got to be able to dominate Golden State on the inside. If they're able to dominate you, you plan, not only are you already planning their hands, but you making it to where you don't have a shot in hell to beat them. You have to punish Golden State on the interior. That's always been their weak point. Whenever Andrew Bogut went down, that was their weak point. <laughs> Literally, whenever mm-hmm. Bogut went down, there was their weak point. And to not make them pay for it and to not even be a threat, it's game over for you. You exactly. coming in, you coming in to collect your dollars. 
You competing to your best of your abilities, but you don't have a game plan that can win. Exactly. And what's crazy is, is that the Warriors are dropping like flies. Like Otto Porter, I was at last game where he got injured. I know yeah. one of the games he got injured and he's probably not going to play the rest of this series. I mean, obviously you had the Gary Payton thing. And he was having a great series. They had to dust off Bielitsa and Juan Toscano Anderson in this series. Like, Juan Tosc- I don't even remember the last time Juan Toscano Anderson played before this. And they dusted him off. But at least he's played before, right? The Mavericks, to bring it back to that side, they are going, they're leaning really on offense. They're leaning really hard into the 2018 Rockets thing. And it's going worse. And so this is like how the Rockets crash and burned without, when they played the Warriors without KD in 2019. Do you remember yeah. how bad that series was? And yeah. it made Chris it was Paul. awful to watch. Yeah, it made Chris Paul that, and that too. It was awful to watch. And what what happened? Ariza not hitting threes the same way. Tucker not hitting threes the same way. The Warriors, <laughs> the Warriors simultaneously have a lot of experience against a guy like Luca, who I'd say is more like just in terms of play style, is more like LeBron than Harden, right? I think I would I'll say give him Harden than LeBron. I mean, I feel like just the size factor, he has that over James, but they're about the same level of athletes. So it's a wash. We'll, we'll discuss that more later when we do the top 100 pods. Um, but Brunson, Brunson's numbers are a lot better than I feel like he's actually played in this series. He's yeah. at 22 points a game and the efficiency is like way higher than I thought it was. Game one, he was atrocious. <laughs> it's only because of two games. Yeah, exactly. Well, they've gone into the fourth, but... I mean, it wasn't, I don't know. It, it, it's really hard to gauge when Luca is playing how he play. I mean, which is great as the numbers look, it's not good for the team. I mean, game three, that 40 ball, he didn't, that was not a 40 ball in the traditional sense. The they Warriors, gave him the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. He was yeah. on lock into the end. Exactly. Wiggins has like speaking of Wiggins, Wiggins defense on Luca has been incredible. And he deserves a lot of props for how good he's been guarding Luca. Obviously, you can't shut down Luca, but for the most part, Luca's been contained. And, and they're making them work. Exactly. But Bullock and Kleba. Kleba has not made anything in this series and Reggie Miller was calling it out on one of the broadcasts. I don't remember if it was game two or game three, but Reggie's like, see, he's hesitating. He's hesitating because he was missing so many threes and that's not what like Reggie Miller knows when you're hesitating and that's, he called that out perfectly and Bullock wasn't hesitating, but he still can't throw a rock in the ocean right now. Those two guys combined from three, Bullock is nine for 27 and Kleba is two for 14. So doing some quick math here, that's 11 for 41. Oh, you said he Mm. made nine himself. Yeah. 11 for 41. 11 for 41. That's between the two sharpshooters and Kleba going into this was shooting 49% from three. Yeah, because he lit Phoenix up. And Utah. He lit Utah up too. Oh, he, 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 he torched Gobert. But, the Warriors team, 
like Ludi can actually guard on the perimeter, right? I would say I told you every center has been exposed this playoffs. Every center but one. Looney has been well, the best. Looney has been the best perimeter defending center in this whole playoffs. I don't really I, even better than Bam, which is crazy to say. But we'll talk more about Bam later. Um, <laughs> not the best playoffs from him. I just think JD. I think the Mavs are, Mavs need like a Chris Middleton. Right. And when I say Chris Middleton, they need someone who will accept his role on offense. He's not going to try to drive the ship at all. But when you give him the keys, he's going to, you know, get you to your location. Right. I think they got two guys that can do that. But Luca has to come off the ball and be a threat off the ball. I agree. (laughs) And also, Dorian Finney-Smith can't be as important to y'all that he is. Give him a limited role that he's just great at doing when you need him to be. You can't have him as this big of a role right now. He he can't he's not a he's not a Batum Marcus Morris type guy. He he's not, but that's the role that they really want him to play. He's not one of those type of guys. He's not a um let me see. He's not a PJ Tucker. Like these are guys that you know, tough, gritty guys could get a bucket, could pass. You know, could do a bunch of everything. They just don't particularly stand out for one thing. He's not one of those, and he doesn't fit that bill. He's a he's a competitor, but skill wise, he does what they need from him. He he can't fulfill. I see what you mean. I think Finney Smith is pretty good, all things considered, but you're right. He's not like, I I don't know though, JD, because he brings you that offensive rebounding element. Like he's the only guy. He has half their offensive rebounds in this series. Yeah, but you got to think about it. If he's not, let me see. If you don't got him sitting on the perimeter the way that they do, and you let him play more of a slasher, don't have him just as a spotter shooter. Let him be a slasher. You get more out of that. You for, you allowing him to slash. He's athletic. Stop making him stand on the three. Now you can use him in different ways. But because he'll be doing a little bit more, you can't put that big of a burden on him to play in 40 minutes still. You cut that down. You cut that down by five. Now you can play him in, to that extent. But they have him as like for the role that he has, he might have the second most important role because they want him to be the top perimeter defender, the the second best rebounder outside of Luca, but number one on the offensive end. And he has to be a reliable three-point shooter because he's the one that they lead the most. That is too much. You can lighten that scoring load if you allow him to slash. I agree. I agree. I don't think. I think personally, that's a pretty good way to use him. But at the same time, you know, Dallas, for whatever reason, has just decided that the best way to use Luca is to have him be the guy. Yeah, exactly. But JD, speaking of that, I think Luca has what James Harden's problem is right now. And JD, I think we'll both admit during Harden's prime, 
he was in really good shape. He was playing like 82 games a year. He was. Yeah, he was he, very durable. He was very durable. Luca's not that. Luca is not in good shape, and he does not take care of his body. And that's, dude, you're 23. You're in your physical prime. Yeah, you're probably not the best you're going to be as a basketball player, but in terms of physically, your body will never be better than this. I don't understand why he is not in better shape. Like, look at guys like Jokic, right? Jokic transformed his body. And yeah. not transformed his body, but he is he feel out of NBA body. Yeah, exactly. And he, I mean, there's no way in hell Luca could do what he did against Portland that one year when he played when Jokic played 65 minutes. You would never, ever, ever catch Luca doing that. Never. He last game they really needed him, right? They got crushed in the minutes he was off the floor, and he still only ended up playing 38 minutes. Like, how do you, in a must-win game, right? You're down 2-0 at home. You should be playing at least 42 minutes. At least. Yeah. I. You've talked about this with Giannis a lot, but look at Giannis now. Giannis in that Boston series was playing what? 44, 45 minutes a game? Yeah. He hardly came off the floor. Exactly. You need to have that LeBron regiment. I mean, it's okay. It's not fair to compare him to LeBron. <laughs> it's not fair to compare anybody to LeBron. I mean, Harden hardly came off the floor. Exactly. Yeah. Harden and Harden and Luca's body types really aren't that dissimilar. Like he, I'm not saying he has to lose weight. He just needs to get in better. Like he needs to develop better lungs. Like you said about Giannis. And I don't know if he has that in him. I think it's fair to question if it's not there at 23, when is it going to be there? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's and the Warriors are targeting him on defense in the worst way. The and, worst and, Wig, way. and Wiggins going to help every time. Mm-hmm. As he should. As he should. I I think that's really smart. I listen, I've said a lot of stuff about Steve Kerr's coaching. He's done phenomenal this playoffs. Like the adjustments they've made, he's done really good these playoffs in keeping his team, you know, fresh, playing the right guys. I think playing Moody a lot in this series is going really well in a lot. He's only playing 10 minutes a game, but just the fact that he's throwing the rookies out there, both of the rookies have played a lot of playoff minutes this year. And I, I, I like what Kerr's done. And JD, I think we could both agree. Even if the Warriors don't win tonight, they're winning game five. The Warriors will be the Western conference representative for the finals. Do you Absolutely. disagree with that? No, not at all. They're going. I don't to think it was ever a doubt. I mean, especially after. Well, not Phoenix, for me. After Phoenix lost, I didn't think there was a doubt. That was, mm, man. <laughs> I don't think this. Like, I'm going to be honest, JD. I haven't liked this Mavs team all year. I really don't think they're that good. I think Jason Kidd's doing a phenomenal job. I think. I was going to say low key. I think they kind of are bad outside of like their top five. They don't have a center. I mean, Kleba did a good job the first two rounds, but they're shutting him down in this series. Bullock, bless his heart, has not done a good job. I, I just don't like this mass roster. And 
I thought the Mavs would pull out a couple more games, but the Warriors have just shown their, why they're the best team in this conference. Yeah, easily. I can't argue that. I think the only team that, that could mess with them was the only team that beat them more than one game. True. <laughs> Simply put. Are you saying the Pelicans wouldn't have pulled off two games against the against the Warriors? I doubt it. I think I think they still won and lose close ones. Hey, probably. That's probably right. But I mean, hey, at least Jokic didn't get swept, right? Yeah. At least that didn't happen. Any last thoughts on these series, JD? Before we move on to the Eastern Conference Finals. Mm-mm. I'm 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 ready to dead them now so we can get to something better. All right, so we don't have to talk about the Mavericks when we uh I feel like we discussed them thoroughly enough that even if they win tonight, we won't have to talk about them on the next power hour. But we will have to talk about one of these two teams losing the series on our next one, and that is the Boston Celtics and the Miami Heat. Um, they've split the series so far. It's been going in a pretty consistent pattern that you'll hear shortly. Miami Heat 118, Celtics 107 in game one. Celtics 127, Heat 102 in game two. Heat 109, Celtics 103 in game three. Celtics 102, Heat 82, game four. JD, this series has felt weird. It's felt like whoever's guy is hurt is going to be the team that loses the game. So game one, Smart and Horford both miss, they lose. Game two, Smart and Horford come back, they win by 25. Game three, they get a re-energized Kyle, the Heat get a re-energized Kyle Lowry. Jimmy Butler does leave at halftime, but behind the most inspired BAM performance of the playoffs, they win the game. And then game four, Jimmy is hurt. He's playing through it because Jimmy would not play through it. But... Lowry is bad again. The whole Heat starting lineup scores 18 points combined. I mean, JD, this has just been a weird series. How have you felt about it so far? Um, it's kind of disgusting to watch because I haven't got a good game from my just a uh, great intense game. I think. Neither team has been healthy enough to just go out and compete to the best of their abilities. And even outside of the health, it's just like something just seemed off. Like it's like both teams taking a break and letting the other team smash them. And then they try to make a run in the second half. It's like, are we, do we got to go? trade for trade for trade to get to a game seven and see all right, who's going to really try to win. And to be quite frank, I will hope that's not the case because I don't, I, I just, I don't like it. I really don't like it. I, I would believe that it's something more to the series. If that's how this continues to go. I mean, it's weird because the officials have been calling it all heavily skewed towards Boston. Um, it's been weird because you're, I, I forgot to mention too, Tyler Hero missed game four. So that's another guy 
that missed time in this series. Jalen Brown has had one of the most confusing series in a long time. He has and Tatum and Tatum, but Brown had a 40 point game in which he looked terrible. Absolutely terrible. And it's weird that you say someone looked, I I mean, I guess we kind of said it with Luca in the last series, but Jalen Brown in game three had 40 points, but he also had seven turnovers. The heat were just absolutely dominating the Celtics in terms of turnovers and then game four comes around and then the Celtics start off on what, like 18 to one run or something like that. Yeah. Uh, 17 to one, one or the other. It's like one of those two, which is insane. Just insane. How this series has been so inconsistent. And I think I like, I don't really have a feel for who's better. I think the Celtics are better, but they might come out and shit the bed in game five. That's a very real possibility. Yeah. And, you know, I'm on the opposite end and I believe that Miami better, but I feel the exact same. But right now they win an eye game. So I kind of believe in them probably more than you believe in Boston right now. Yeah, I if it was me, J.D., I then think game sits in a switch. <laughs> I could see this playing out exactly how the Milwaukee series played out because right now it's going exactly to that script where Boston lost game one and game three. They won game two and four. If it's going to the same script, Miami will win game five and then Boston will win game six and seven. I think they're totally capable of doing that. And I don't think Miami's home court is as good as Boston's. I don't feel uncomfortable saying that. And I feel like, I don't, I don't know. It's just going to be tough to see. I need to see how Jimmy bounces back from in game five because he needs to have a bounce back game big time. Obviously he got hurt in game three. Game four was atrocious. He, he needs to be better in game five. I think for carrying the load this long, I think it's starting to show and, my question is, where the hell is everybody else? We got one Bam game and we had one Tyler Hero game up until this point. Where the hell is everybody else? It's an excellent question. Outside of his 31-point outburst in game three, Bam scored 25 points the rest of the series. The Bam Heat's- just haven't been great this playoffs, in my opinion. On the defensive end, I give him that. Offensively, he's been... He hasn't been who he should be. Another thing, Cal Lowry means a whole lot to this team. And I think it shows every time he come off the court since he's been back healthy. I think they, I don't think they probably adjusted back to playing with Cal Lowry at this point. Well, he I, missed all of last series and he hasn't played since game two of the first series. I personally would have sat him until game five, though, J.D. I, would just, I wouldn't have taken any chances. I would have bet we got the split without him. And I would have went from there. I think he's not healthy still. I think he had the rush of adrenaline in the first game because, you know, he's coming back fresh off the injury. But I think that they should have tried it one more game. They should have seen if they got a Victor Oladipo game. Like they got he, game four. Last, last game he gave him that. 
Well, he was the only player who showed up in game four. Literally. Oh, and Caleb Martin. Caleb Martin showed up as well. But I think I saw that the Heat starters combined for the fewest points by a starting group of players since 1970. Sheesh. That's pretty hard to do. And Bam, Bam has been invisible damn near this whole playoffs. And yeah, the defensive contributions are clutch, but at the same time, you need scoring. This team needs scoring. This is why JD, this is why I was so low on Miami. They have Jimmy Butler, who I think is undoubtedly a top seven, eight player in the game. After that, who's scoring for this team? Tyler hero has been a shell of himself this whole series. And I don't trust him. I haven't. He sh- <laughs> Would you like to know? What Tyler Hero is shooting from three? He's about the only guy shooting worse than Kleba this round. Yeah, like, I can't... I don't know what happened to his touch. Maybe this groin injury been going on a little minute. To me, his jump shot looked a little off, but he was still cash in mid-ranger, so I don't know. I don't know what it is, but he's been trash. He's been trash. They haven't tried the Duncan Robinson thing at all. He got a lot of minutes last game, but that's because they were getting blown the fuck out. Like... The Celtics are just going to let P.J. Tucker shoot, right? And I think P.J. Tucker is probably the best guy to guard Tatum this whole playoffs. But on the other end, you're not as scared of P.J. Tucker as you are of Duncan Robinson. I don't think I'm off base saying that. And then the Deadman minutes, the backup center spot is, I think if Miami, like regardless of if they win or lose the finals, they need to add more scoring punch and they need to find a better backup center than Deadman. Like Deadman's a perfect regular season backup center, right? Like he'll like, you remember how Kurt Thomas was on the t- 2011 bulls JD. Yeah. That's Deadman right now. Kurt Thomas got cooked in the playoffs in 2011. <laughs> and it's just not the guy you don't need him to be. You need someone better than Deadman. And there's a lot of guys that are better than Deadman out there. Why didn't they sign JaVale McGee? Yeah. Why didn't they go out and get Biombo? Biombo's looked a hell of a lot better than Deadman has. I, I just don't get it, JD. I just I do you the question is, what do you think will be more incompetent? Boston's young guys or Miami's offense the rest of the series? Oh, um. That's a good question. It is a good question. I mean, it's it's been hard. We haven't had a game where all of them just competed at the same time. And that's what makes it hard to choose because it's like we just got to take what we have saw. And I don't think none of that is sufficient enough. I haven't seen the the outright dog game that we all expected to see. And I think that's why we was all like so intrigued with the top, the three C's that we knew with the three C's as in Miami, Milwaukee, Boston. We knew all those three teams, just gritty, doggish teams. And we have it just like last round. We didn't really see that until what game five. With Milwaukee and Boston when um yeah, I believe it was five when um Drew went after Marcus Smart. 
And then this round, we haven't saw it at all. So, I mean, it's hard to really commit to anything right now. I think Jalen Brown is going to have a big bounce back game. And again, I know it's weird saying that after he had 40 points in game three, but he was terrible in game four. Really, the Celtics were bad in game four. Miami was just all time, like one of the worst playoff performances since that. Probably the worst playoff performance I remember, JD, since do you remember that game in 2015 where we beat the Bucks by like 60? Yeah, that's probably the that worst. Was a, that was a great the, game for you. <laughs> Not a great game for Mike Dunleavy. Um, yeah, thanks to Giannis. <laughs> um, that's probably the worst playoff performance since that Bucks game, and it's worse because it happened in the conference finals with a team that's made the finals in recent memory. I don't. No, I want to trust Miami's offense, but I just haven't been. I feel like I haven't been able to all year, right? Their guys, they have a lot of the same offensive principles as Golden State. I just don't think their guys are as good on offense as Golden State's guys are. And that's not a diss, but I get like at the end of the day, you know, you have to do what's best. But at the same time, you need something from Bam, right? They really need to try to get him going. In game five, I I think Bam and Jalen Brown are the two keys to this series. And whichever one of them can get going first, that might be the team that wins the series. JD, I'm guessing you're sticking with the Heat. Definitely. And you know one more thing. I, I would like to see Duncan Robson get meaningful minutes. I I, I'm just like, I think that they going to attack him and all that. But I think Duncan Robinson can 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 be uh a I think he could be a draw to have on offense just because with that shooting ability they have to pay attention. Like we don't need him to go for um twenty seven like he did versus mm-hmm. uh. Who was it? Was that Atlanta. last round or two? Yeah, it was Atlanta first game. We don't need that, right? Just be a threat to make the four or five threes that you always have been. Just be that threat. Because yeah. with the with the way Matt Struess and Gabe Vincent been able to shoot, that 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 takes a lot of pressure off of you. Just be that threat. With the defense Miami have, they can make up the back end help. That's one of the best qualities about them. They they freaking help defense is elite when they so randomly get beat one-on-one. Give them an opportunity. Exactly. I think if I was Ime, you'd, or if I was Spo, I'd match his minutes with Pritchard's minutes because oh. you have someone you can hide them on, Right. If you're the Heat, you'd love to have Peyton Pritchard sighting the screen. You could just trap Tatum, have Pritchard try to make a play. I mean, Pritchard's probably the, not probably, Pritchard is the worst player Boston has played this, who's in their rotation. <laughs> and I would just try to match his minutes because Pritchard's playing like 23 minutes a game. Maybe not all the minutes, but you can steal some like 15 Duncan minutes with 
Pritchard out there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, just the thought. And, and honestly, I'm I'm blitzing every um uh, mm-hmm. every time Tatum try to get a switch over. Just bliss it. Pritchard Pritchard don't want to pass. He wants to shoot. Make him put the ball down and cut off the passing lane when you closing out on him. You let him put the ball down. That's give y'all enough time to get one of the men back and make them reset. Yeah, exactly. And this Boston team can't dribble, so blitzing is a really smart idea. And they can't dribble. And the Jays have gotten better as passers, but um, right now in this series, Jalen Brown has a 9 assist to 11 turnover ratio. It's not good. Tatum has 20 assists to 19 turnovers. Not Also not good. So make them force them into turnovers and just if you turn the ball over, then you get out in transition and then you don't need to score in the half court as much. So that's how they won game three, even after Jimmy went out. And I think that's, you know, that could be a recipe for success for them. Um, any other last thoughts on Celtics heat before we move on? Oh, okay. So let's go ahead. We're bringing back a segment from this little podcast you might remember called the battleground. We're bringing back the call out corner. JD, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? I'm going to let you go. Cause man, a little more, uh, non sports related. Well, mine's non basketball related. So we can get started with that. I'm calling out that fucker, Josh Donaldson, <laughs> you fucking racist. Like, and it came out, it's worse today. I'm glad we recorded this today rather than the weekend because yeah. Tim Anderson came out today and said, because Josh Donaldson, for those that don't know, he's now on the Yankees, used to be on the Twins. Twins oh, and the White Sox play each other, what? I think every di- team plays the division teams 19 times a year. Yeah, 19, 18 so, at the least. Yeah, so Tim Anderson and Josh Donaldson are very well acquainted at this point. <laughs> And in 2019, Josh Donaldson or Tim Anderson gave an interview saying he was trying to be the next Jackie Robinson, right? In terms of bringing back a black American presence in baseball, right? And so Josh Donaldson, I think, I think condescendingly so called him Jackie in 2019. Tim Anderson today said he did not appreciate being called Jackie, right? And he told him to stop it in 2019. So Tim Anderson, I don't remember what exactly happened in the game, but he was passing, crossing passes to Josh Donaldson and Josh Donaldson called him Jackie again. And Josh and Tim Anderson <laughs> voiced his displeasure. Um, who's our catcher? Yasmani Grandal confronted Donaldson at the plate. Donaldson got suspended a game, should have gotten suspended more. Fuck that racist shit. Get that out of here. There's no baseball. Already he's having a hard time <laughs> in terms of diversity. Josh, people like Josh Donaldson are making it harder. Fuck you, Josh Donaldson. That's my call out corner. What do you got, JD? Um, just to comment on that. Josh Donaldson always been known as a asshole. Well, not even asshole, as a dick. So it's not a surprise. But it's just so funny that the MLB literally Gave him a one-game suspension. That does shit. A, a, a one a one-game suspension. So okay, he gets a day off after playing like 
trash the last game he just had where he went 0 for 4. Okay, I guess. Yeah, Aaron, Judge, Aaron Judge came out like in a press conference and said that yeah. what Donaldson did was wrong. That's his fucking teammate. Yeah, I know. It, and and that's the thing. Like, I wish it was more accountability like that. But another thing, like for my call out, I want first I want to give a shout out to Steve Kerr, actually. Steve Kerr came out earlier. And he said, when are we going to do something about this? And what he's referring to is the dumbass 18 year old who said that killed, killed his grandma in um, Uvandi, Texas, then went to an elementary school and killed what has now been confirmed. 18 elementary students and three adults which are assembly teachers and the police had to come kill him for him to not do further damage. And he got there with a handgun and a rifle. And this is what a week after the shooting in Buffalo. Um, it's, 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 it's bullshit. It, these these crimes is bullshit. First of all, the one um, up in Buffalo, he was a fucking racist. And I think that the fact that he wasn't shot on the scene is it's showing still su- systemic racism because the guy in Texas was gunned down as soon as they saw him. Now, back to the Buffalo kid. I hope he get his ass beat. I don't he he's not insane. He knew exactly what he was doing. Then he had the nerve to to film it on Twitch. He live streamed it on Twitch. This was not an accident. I don't care what he said. And then to go in and say night he wasn't guilty. If he gets off everything he has come to him, he deserves. Cause that's bullshit. Now for the stuff with today, the fact that another 18 year old, they both was 18, I believe, 18, 19. The fact they could keep getting Listen, even in Indiana, at 18 years old, you could go buy a assault rifle. The fact we haven't learned in, in what, the last eight, nine years, being that young, being able to buy a gun has not proven to be a fucking good thing. Every time it's a mass shooting, it's a young person doing it. And I, I I stand firm and believing that everybody once they of age and can be mentally fucking checked and proven that they're okay should own a handgun. We're not doing no mental tests, and time after time we are proving to see it should be more laws and more it should be way more rigorous to own a gun. Not just a handgun or assault rifle, a gun. And these laws are way Two last. They don't give a shit. In Indiana alone, we about to change it to an open carry state as if this has not been hell on earth the, from the moment we were born. It's about to be an open carry state when people already been open carrying. You about to see people outside walking around with assault rifles just because they can. It's bullshit. We really need to do something. And the fact that it's only getting worse. I have no hope. I have no faith in not only the system, but in this country to do any fucking thing because we don't give a shit about our own. We sending $33 billion for a war 
that has nothing to do with us, but we can't take care of what's inside of our own. It, it, I, I hate it. I'm going to go way more into this on facts and stats, but I just want to say I think it's utter bullshit, and if those, if those guys without handguns, well, without guns in general, had to stand toe-to-toe with a real man out of eye, I'm pretty sure they would get the living shit beat out of them. I, I've been pretty broken, right? By like, I'm trying to find the right way to say this because what you said is so very true. I was very dismayed by what happened in Buffalo last week. What happened today brought me to tears, and that hasn't happened since Sandy Hook. The fact that we've had two elementary schools shot up, the fact that they're killing first graders and not to take away anything from the people who lost lives in Buffalo because their lives matter too. But those kids, they're kids. No one deserves to die like that, but let alone fucking kids. It just, it kills me. It kills me that nothing's been done about this. We've been living like this for the last 25 years. Columbine, JD, we were two years old when Columbine happened. It's been going on our entire fucking lives and I'm sick of it, but like, is it ever going to change? The world is just, it feels like it's going more and more to shit. And when you can't be safe shopping for groceries, when you can't be safe and yeah, fuck that guy from Buffalo fucking racist piece of shit. You JD, I'm sure you saw that manifesto he wrote. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen it. It was one of the most disgusting things I've ever read. It was, it was could, pure hatred, and, I, and he was giving praise to other fucking racist criminals, people that you would call. Those are the people that you call gangsters. Yes, those but, are gangsters. Those are thugs, but we don't use words like thugs to describe people like that in this country. I wonder why. But I, it breaks just everything at a certain point when is enough going to be enough and it hasn't been enough people died in a fucking movie theater seeing batman people died at two elementary schools high schools all over the fucking place every year there's someone shooting up a fucking high school when is this going to stop when and and I add on to i didn't even speak on that that one the one you just initially brought up my cousin was in that theater my cousin was shot haven't been the same since and every time these fucking assholes cry not guilty and put in mental pleas, they they claim insanity, please. And it's just so crazy to me that how the fuck do you get away with killing multiple people? These are mass shootings and they go away unscarred. I saw videos of the police coming together to take down a damn wildcat. It was a it was a bobcat in the inner city, and and it, it it broke my heart to know that if it was a person of color, we wouldn't even had the opportunity to be to be restrained restrained. On site, it's a it's it's a shooting. Now, don't get me wrong; the the eighteen year old deserved to get his ass popped today. 
But what about the kid last week? Yeah. He walked up to a white person, was pointing and a apologized. gun at him. Apologized. Apologized. <laughs> he, he apologized for killing the two white uh, people he did kill because it wasn't on purpose. He apologized to the two people he killed because he wasn't there to kill them. And, and my question is, how the hell does, how the hell do y'all expect for people of color to ever feel safe? How the hell do we come together as a country when this is the face of America? This is the face of America. I don't care who the president is. Discrimination will forever be the face of America. Amen to that, brother. Amen to that. Uh, I don't have anything else to add. Do you have anything, any last thoughts you want to add? No, I'm done. Make sure you check out Facts and Stats. I'm going to send JD an episode as soon as we hop off of here. Um, JD's insights are, as you see there, JD's insights are very valued, not just when it comes to basketball, but he's very good at talking about life, as you just heard. So consider in a weird fucked up way consider that like a little preview of what you get on facts and stats and i i think that was really well said jd what you just said i thought you know we had a pretty good discussion about it just it fucking sucks um make sure you check out linsanity this week make sure you check out circle city cinema they'll be back soon with another episode so make sure you're on the lookout for that JD, I want to thank you so much for joining me. Oh, no problem, brother. You know, I love it. And I want to thank you all so much for sticking with us and listening.